Hello, welcome to Cats Got Your Tongue. This is a brand new podcast in association with the charity Cats Protection. I'm your host, Adam Brown, and as a cat obsessive, I'm so excited to bring you this brand new podcast. We've got celebrity guests, we've got funny feline stories, and we're going to be solving your cat dilemmas as well. Let's get into it. And it's not only me that's going to be helping out with this, because we have got our cat expert from Cats Protection. It is the wonderful Nikki. Nikki, are you excited? Are you as excited as I am? That we get to I'm speak so about cats. Oh. Any, yeah, exactly. Any excuse to talk about cats um, and share our love of cats with everybody else. It's just a great opportunity. So thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm super excited. This is like the dream opportunity and dream job that we get to speak about cats and, you know, obviously learn about cats as well because there's still so many things that even as a cat owner on a day-to-day basis still confused me about my cat in, in the best possible way. I'm like, why has she done this? Why has she done that? What's going on here? Um, but I think what we'll do is we'll just establish a little bit um, about your role first, Nikki. Like, you know, obviously you, you work for Cats Protection. Do you just want to kind of share a little bit more about what your role involves? It's all about cats, basically, particularly behaviour. And I've been at Cats Protection since 2010. Uh, so it's a long time to chat cats. And um, it's the dream job, to be honest. I've wanted to be a behaviourist since I was 16. I've got a degree in animal behaviour and a postgraduate diploma in companion animal behavioural counselling, which does not roll off the tongue. (laughs) And I'm also a registered veterinary nurse as well. So it's always been my passion. I've grown up with cats. They were there before I was. And um, I just love them through and through. Amazing. So yeah, so Nikki's here to answer any questions that you might have, big or small, just get in touch. Uh, You can do that by sending us an email, pod at cats.org.uk. Of course, we also want funny stories, uh, any dilemmas, anything you want to kind of share with us about your cat. Listen, we are all ears. We want to know everything and anything about the world of cats. And we're here to listen because like you say, it's an opportunity just to kind of for the first time, really, share your experiences uh, with cats in a place where everyone else who's involved with this podcast absolutely loves cats, which is great. When you find other people that like cats, it's kind of, I always find it's a real good sort of instant sort of icebreaker. Like if I meet someone who loves cats, I'm like, oh, we're mates now, clearly. Like we're straight away, we're going to be we're gonna be friends because cat people are the best people. They're always super friendly. Um, just want to talk about your cats as well, Nikki. You've got a cat currently. I do. He's called Kato. And um, I like that we're going to talk about our cats because um, I don't know about you, Adam, but any any excuse to get my phone out and be like, oh, look at my cat. <laughs> yep, <laughs> so we, absolutely. He's called Kato. He's a black short hair. Um, so just a moggy. And um, he does look like a panther. Like he's seven kilograms, but he's not fat. And um, but he's just a, a gorgeous hunk of a chat of a cat. Um <laughs> And uh, he is a little bit famous. Like he does, <laughs> he appears on the Cats Protection YouTube channel frequently, and um, and we use him for filming because I socialised him myself as a young kitten. So he's he's really cool around like strangers and like film crew and all that sort of thing. So it makes life a lot easier when I'm trying to ensure cat welfare during filming is to use my own cat. Yeah. So yeah, he's a, you you may well see him pop up like uh, like Nikki said on. Uh on some of the uh, cat's protection socials from time to time. Um, my cats, I've got two. I've got Ruby, who we've had for three years-ish now. Um, and she's just like, oh, just the absolute princess. I absolutely I love her so much. She's just like the best cat in the world. I love her. Uh, and she's like a semi-long-haired. She's a tortie, but she's also got some white on her. So I think technically she would be a calico, but 
our actual sort of main majority of the fur is, is tortoise shell. And they do say that obviously tortoise shell cats have got tortitude. So she has got <laughs> loads of it as well. They do say tortoise shell cats are meant to have this kind of sassiness about them and she definitely has. And then um, a newer cat as well, this, our, our latest one, this big fluffy grey cat is the most loving, sweetest little Oh, she's amazing. Well, she's not little. She's quite She's quite big, but her personality, she's very sweet and just very kind of relaxed and calming. And she's called Eliza and she's just, oh, she's got the cutest little face. So yeah, I'm obsessed with them. I love them to bits. Uh, I can't imagine my life without them. And again, I'm just so excited that we're going to get a chance to kind of talk about our own cats on this as well, but also find out about other people's cats. So people that are listening to this right now, if you want to tell us about yours or your stories or anything, as I say, that you feel like would be benefit this podcast and uh, really intrigue us, pod at cats.org.uk. Um, so I think a good thing as well is that with the Cats Tales, not only can people kind of share their, you know, fun stories, there's also, there's so many kind of issues around cat ownership that people still struggle with probably and that's fine that's okay or still have questions about and that's where Nikki's going to come in and help in cat's tales so that's as I said going through them a little bit later that can be your dilemmas your stories your questions uh, we're going to be chatting through those very soon with our special celebrity guest our first celebrity guest are you excited to see who we've got on this week Nikki oh little bit of a drum roll <laughs> um, it, let's get him in let's see what his story is with regards to his cats Let's get him on. So each week on Cats Got Your Tongue, I'll be joined by a guest who loves cats just as much as me. Now, this week, my guest is an award-winning TV and radio presenter. He's up early in the morning on Radio 2 every weekday, and he's also partial to playing the drums. Let's say a huge borada to Owen Wynne Evans. Hello, how are we? Hello, Borada. I'm great, thank you. I'm thrilled to be on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Was my pronunciation okay then with uh, Borada? Did I get that right? I've just yeah, been practicing. Yeah, perfect. yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Honestly, well, with with the pronunciation of that Borada and of my name, I could have sworn that you're from downtown Llanelli. Honestly, oh, it was very good. Brilliant. Adam. Well, I'm, I'm glad I managed to fool you. Well, thanks so much, Owen, for for joining us. And um, obviously, let's just get the uh, elephant in the room dealt with straight away. Cat mm-hmm. shirts. Obviously, you're a fellow enthusiast of, of the old cat shirt. That is unbelievable. So just run me through what's happening on that shirt, Owen. So I I love a cat on anything. You know, <laughs> if I can get a print of a cat on something, I'm going to get it. So <laughs> when I discovered that you can get shirts with, like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a, a cat kind of loitering in some sort of tropical <laughs> forest. I don't know if you can hear this, though. Listen to the sound of it. It's like the most synthetic material yeah. you yeah. could ever wish to have. I can't go near any kind of spark or naked flame or pyrotechnic when I'm wearing this. <laughs> so it's, you know, and I'm not around such things very often, darlings. But also, um, I just wanted to show you this one as well, because I had a bit of a clothing dilemma, as I quite often have before I do even my radio show, you know. Got to look good, haven't you? Just yeah, in case cou- the camera's on. A couple of options. Um, so there was this one as well. It's the same what shirt. You... Which is the exact same shirt that I'm wearing right at this oh very second. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, my gosh, both. I was not 
I honestly, well, I should have worn this one. We could have been very matching. Yeah, can you imagine? I should have got the memo. We could all have one. Yeah, this is it. It's like a little bit of a uh, cat's got your tongue uniform. Uh, brilliant. Well, listen, we were both dressed for the occasion. Um, and I think a good place to start, Owen, is to do a bit of a quick fire sort of quiz about your cat. So, first okay. of all, what's your cat called? My cat's name is Franny. Okay. Did, did the cat come with that name or did you decide to. Yes. She came with that name. Actually, her full name is Frances. Well, I say full name. Her actual name is Frances. Okay. We got her from a rescue centre in Newport. And um, it was actually between Franny and there were two tiny little fluffy black kittens who were just adorable. And they were called Shirley and Bassie. Um, we'd <laughs> we were really tempted to get both Shirley and Bassie. But they were so small, and we thought that as, you know, this was the first cat I'd owned. And Aaron, my husband, has, has always had, has had cats. But for me, I thought, oh, gosh, is getting a tiny baby kitten times two going to be too much for my chakras? So we decided to go for Franny, who at this stage was like, she was about five or six months old, I guess. And that was the name that she was given to us with. So still quite young when when you got Franny then, yeah. So, you know, what what was she like initially? Was it for someone who'd not had a cat before? Was it a bit of an eye-opener for you then, Owen? Adam, it was amazing. I've always I've always loved cats. Yeah. But when we were younger, um, our neighbour, Dillis, next door in Armenford, she basically would accumulate other people's cats. <laughs> and, you know, she didn't she didn't own any of these cats. And and really, do you ever own a cat? The cat owns you. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so Dillis next door would, there'd always be like a new cat in town. So even though we never had cats in the house, I felt because of, you know, Dillis's ever kind of expanding collection of cats, I kind of felt like I, <laughs> I always had a cat nearby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then when we got Franny, oh, it, it was just amazing. And when she was small as well, she was such a cuddly little cat. And she, she still loves a little cuddle now, but even more so when she was small. And, um, you know, we, we don't know what her, her story was other than that, you know, she was, she was found. Hmm. And she's, she's scared of feet. She doesn't like feet. So we don't know whether something awful happened to her, you know, when she was younger, whether she was kicked about a bit or what. But um, just a gorgeous cat and... As as you both know, you know you you hear this whenever you speak to people on this podcast. It, it, a cat has the the power to change your life for the better and becomes this gorgeous companion. And when you can rescue one as well, even better. Absolutely. I mean, I'd love to kind of get a bit of a description of of what Franny looks like. So, in a couple of uh, sentences, I mind. Go on, give me a bit of an insight. So, Franny is a very very luxurious lady. <laughs> Um, because she she just has the the most supreme fur one could ever wish for in the feline world. Uh, she's long-haired, so she was always fluffy. And we took her to the vet, and the vet said, "Oh, this is a Maine Coon." And we were like, mm, "I don't I don't think she's a Maine Coon." But the vet was like, "No, she's got all the the, fur, the sort of furnishings of a Maine Coon. She's got these tufts in her ears, a little bit of a pointy kind of nose, and a big, massive, fluffy tail." So we've kind of come to the conclusion that maybe she's half Maine Coon now um, because she's not grown gargantuan. So she's a fluffy cat 
She's got big fluffy tail. She's got lovely long trousers, as we call them. Yep. You know, the fluffy legs. And um, is a tabby. So that's the kind of visual description of, oh, uh, of Franny. Sounds absolutely stunning. I, 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 I love I, my, my cat's semi-long-haired as well, and she's tortoise shell. So, oh. yeah, and she has, like, little white boots, as I call it. Just a little oh. bit, you know, a furs on a, on, a, on a little white boots and little white gloves. Um, so, yeah, so, so how long have you, have you had Franny then, Owen, now? Uh, so we've had her for, it'll be, I think it'll be 13 years next year. Yeah, so she's, we think she's 12 at the moment, but we had we had her when she was about six months old. And then next year will be the kind of birthday of us getting her. Mm. So yeah, she's, she's 12 or 13. So Franny's getting on, but she's looking great for it. I would say actually she's blossomed in her senior years. So, you know, and you mentioned, um, obviously, when Franny was younger, that she would kind of love the cuddle and obviously cats develop and the personalities change as they get a little bit older. So how do you keep her entertained now? Because my cat, Ruby, she's if I'm in, I have to entertain her all the time. She's climbing over me. She, you know, do you know? <laughs> so, it, yeah, I mean, and Ruby's 10 now. So I'm thinking even, and she's getting a little bit older, but she still acts like a kitten, I think. Yeah, Franny gets bursts of that. She is quite lazy and she her kind of approach towards me and Aaron is quite different and actually what I've come I've had to come to the conclusion both that I am more often than not either a bridge so if she needs to get to Aaron she will use me as a bridge (laughs) um and she'll walk over me and not look at me she just sort of or maybe she'll give me a glance you know and be like oh how convenient you're here but inconvenient that you're here in any other capacity and then walk across me um and, but also she um she definitely gravitates towards Aaron more than me mm. but when there's food in the picture she's all over me yeah. you know she loves me mm. and she does you know i always say this to Aaron i'm like why does why does franny hate me because well- the thing is, Owen, oh, this is interesting because Nikki, who you know is our resident expert from cats protection, she might be able to give a bit of an insight into this. So, Nikki, is it true that like a cat will pick one person in the household that they favour more than the other, or is it dependent on food? Or, or you know, what's the actual kind of logic behind it? I think it's common for a lot of households to have the cat pick one person over the other. Also, though, I would say that. Um... A lot of people tend to have a primary caregiver. I am the primary caregiver in our household. I tend to do not just the food, but a bit of everything. And so he will come to me um, over everybody else. It's, but with cats, as much as everyone has that, you know, the reputation of thinking that cats, it's just about cupboard love, they do feel actual genuine love as well. So, I mean, I went backpacking for six months and I was very pleased with myself that one again. I know, you know, they were saying about the competition side of like, yeah. who likes who more, but... I came back and me and my mum, who'd been looking after the cat um, for sort of six months, and he was in the middle of the lounge, and then we both called him, and he came running straight over to me, and no food was involved, and I thought, oh, that's, that's love, that is. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Do you, do you find, though, that because... So he's a male cat, he's a boy, and Adam and I have got female cats... Is it true what they say that the female cats are a bit more kind of nonchalant than the males? Are the males a bit more cuddly and, you know, more prepared to show that affection? We get a lot of questions about gender in cats and, and do they do this or are they more likely to like that? But to be honest, I'd say there isn't that much of a gender bias in cats. 
it all comes down to their individual personalities um, their socialization when they're kittens between two and seven weeks um, even right down to before that like genetics from their father and their mother and also how, how the mother's pregnancy went so she was stressed for example stress hormones going around her body that will affect the unborn kitten so it makes a huge difference to how they then grow up so it just varies, to be honest. Like I have a male cat and he's a bit aloof. I mean, he's friendly with me, but the neighbours really don't like the fact that he's just like, Ugh, you know, to them. <laughs> <laughs> the thing oh, is, it's God. like like you said, oh, I know one wants to be the bridge, do they? You know what I mean? Everyone wants no. to be the per- yeah, no one wants to be the bridge in, totally. in, in the household. Um, so, you know, talking about kind of keeping cats entertained, obviously one thing that you're really well known for, Owen, is, is playing the drums. Um, yes. And I don't know, but my cat is any noise and she'll run off and she's not, she's very kind of easily spooked, shall we say, loud noises. She does not cope with it well. Uh, and she was a rescue yeah. cat as well. So I don't know if, it, again, it might be something in, 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 in a kind of uh, past, but how does Fanny cope with you uh, banging the old drums? <laughs> well, this is the thing that we thought a lot about when we first got her. And I've had different drum kits over the years. When we first got her, I had, I think it was an electric drum kit in the house, which make a bit less noise. Then I had a proper, you know, full-on acoustic, massive drum kit with all the cymbals and proper noisy thing. And I thought that she would hate it. So what I would always do whenever I had the the real drum kit, as I'd call it, the percussive princess in the house, (laughs) and if the cat was in the house, I would just, instead of just smacks go in like I'd smash it straight away you know I'd start tapping things and then tap them louder and louder and louder until you're like bah 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 on the snare so the cat kind of gets used to if she's in a room that's nearby she can either go outside or she'll go to the furthest point in the house I thought but interestingly during lockdown for example I was playing the drums quite a lot and, you know, this seems like a distant memory now, but it was the first time that I realised, actually, she's not that bothered because she would, you know, I'd be playing the drums and I'd finish playing them and then I'd open the door from the dining room, which the drum kit was in, into the kitchen. And the cat would be sort of lying on the floor, you know, on the tiles. So she was within very close proximity. But I, I'm always worried about, I think, because I've got tinnitus as well. You know, hearing is a thing that I'm always super aware of. So then I was thinking, oh, I... I don't want this to damage the cat's hearing. So more often than not, with the big drum kit, I put her outside or yeah. put her in a room that's far away um, so she can get away from the noise, really. But she she loves the drum kit. When the drums are set up, she'll go and lie down underneath them. She'd be like lying on a pedal. <laughs> so she knows this thing makes a lot of noise. But actually, I think she sees it as a hiding place both. Yeah. Where if she's hiding behind it, it's hard for me to get to her to give her all the cuddles and all the love, <laughs> and it gives her a bit more time to escape through the stands, you know. Yeah. Uh, Nicky, is there any, you know, is there any sort of insight with regards to cats and instruments? Because obviously, some animals they do say respond to, you know, not just drums, but maybe guitars and piano and that sort of thing. Is there any kind of insight into, you know, cats and instruments? I mean, in terms of music, there have been some studies to show that cats are more likely to prefer classical music compared to, say, like rock music or yeah, I, I've, I've heard about this. So I, I've, I've been known to leave, um, you know, certain classical radio stations on very, very low volume yeah. if I'm ever leaving, if my cat's ever left in alone. But is, is, that, is there any truth in that, do you think? Or... Well, like I said, there are some studies on it, although I think it probably needs further work. Um, hmm. 
But uh, and I think also it does depend on the the classic music as well because I think some's nice and calming, but some classical music can be really quite intense. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. you don't want to, um, you know, suddenly find it's like a yeah something really uh, full on, and the cat will be like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, but, and bear in mind also that cats do sleep sixteen hours a day, so they do need a bit of peace and quiet too. Yeah, and plus, yeah. you know, it's not like your cat can turn on and say, "Actually, I, I prefer heavy metal, mate." So can you turn the <laughs> classical off just for, for a little bit? I'm sick of that now. Um, so no, I mean, <laughs> so it, yeah, that, I mean, it's 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 quite intriguing, and like you say, probably a bit more, bit more stuff. I mean, one thing I do know is that my cat hates me singing, um, so I don't think my cat's <laughs> a fan. She, she doesn't really? like it. The thing, because she's called Ruby, I will probably on a, I'd probably say four or five times a week, I'll just sing. Ruby by the Kaiser Chiefs to her, just and I think she's kind of right. All right, mate, we get that. Yeah, have you got any other songs? And I'm like, not really. Like I can make songs up with her name in that I've just off the top of my head, but yeah, she's a bit yeah. sick of my. I need to get a bit more of a diverse um, portfolio of songs. I think. <laughs> I love it. And one thing I, I know, I don't know if you've had a lot of people say this to you, and Nikki, I don't know whether or not that there's anything in this at all, but we speak to the cat like. You know, like she's a baby, you know, baby girl. Oh, little baby girl. She's got such lovely furnished ears. Oh, you know, that sort of vibe. <laughs> and is this a thing that people do? And Adam, do you speak to Ruby like that? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So gotta be done. This is We all do it. Yeah, I mean, this is something we're really keen to sort of like build a library of the best cat voices in the world. So I, I've got this theory that everyone has got a cat voice. You know, you could be the heavyweight champion of the world and go around acting really tough and think but behind closed doors you put in a voice for your cat there's no way you're yeah. not it's, it's impossible i mean I've, look at a cat how can you not <laughs> i agree you see the little cat's face you can't it'd be weird for me to go right do you want some food yeah do you want some breakfast yeah yeah <laughs> i have to be stupid with the cat and be like it's time for some food you've got to be completely daft so yeah i don't believe anyone so owen give us a little a little bit more of that your cat voice for me Okay, so, oh, baby, oh, she's such a posh girl. Oh, look at the little furry trousers. Oh, she's grown all that fur herself. So luxurious. <laughs> Just some of the things this poor cat has to endure. I mean, no wonder she hates me. She's like, that stupid man is back with that stupid voice. <laughs> That's the thing as well. I do it. But the looks you get off the back of the voice, I'm like, why do I keep doing it? Like, I'll, I know. I'll, yeah, I'll be, I do exactly the same. I'm like, Ruby, come on, come on. And then she look at me and say, just, 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 just do your normal voice, mate. There's no point. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, but, I mean, I, but if they could use expletives, they would be used at that moment, wouldn't they? <laughs> I think. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, Nikki, I mean, is there any suggestion that cats might be more receptive towards talking to him like they are children? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So they um, they definitely respond to slightly higher pitches and um, and speaking to them softly. So that's why I think we do naturally gravitate towards that sort of like, oh, hi, how are you doing? Like higher pitched voice. And also because it differentiates it from normal conversation. So when you're chatting to somebody else, they know just to ignore it. And then when you do the voice, especially because it's combined with eye contact to the cat, they're like, all right, this, this one's coming my way then, is it? And also because yeah. a lot of cats are constantly thinking, is food coming? Yep. <laughs> so so yeah. they hear the voice and they're like, yeah, I'm listening. So is, you, is, is there some food involved? So Nikki, just totally. to confirm, you, you do a cat voice as well, do you, Nikki? Of course. Right, yeah. well, if the cat's protection expert says that they do a voice, then I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to continue to do, do a voice. Nothing is going to stop me doing that. Um, oh, yeah, I agree. Also, quick question both. You know, do cats know what we are? 
you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like I wonder sometimes if Franny's looking at me and she's like, what is that? You know, what, what the hell is this thing? So what, like, what do they think? What do they think I am? They definitely know you're not a cat because we get that question a lot. <laughs> They're like, you know, do they just think they, they know that you're also the bringer of like food and nice stuff as well? So I, I think they do recognize us as separate species. What's really interesting is there are actually studies to show that they can recognize gender in people, they can recognize individual oh. people, they can recognize faces. And I think they're starting to look at whether they can pick up different emotions in people as well, which I think they can. Wow. Yeah, because I read that a while ago about, oh, your cat thinks you're a big cat. And I was yeah, like, well, I know I'm quite furry, mate, but mm. come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just need some cat ears, don't you, Adam? Yeah, and I'm not thinking, <laughs> they, but they plays in your mind, you start thinking, well, if she thinks I'm a cat, should I act more cat-like? I'm like, no, Adam, this is ridiculous. I know this cat rules your life, but seriously, you're not start. You're not going to be calling around with your cat. Draw a line somewhere, mate, come on. Um, <laughs> so, oh, I, I want to just get back onto early mornings. Obviously, um, you know, we, we do a very similar job, me and you. Um, you know, and yes. we're actually on the radio at the same time. So in, in a way, we're kind of rivals, but, you know, we, we've got a lot of mutual cat love. So we'll put that to one side for now. Um, so in terms of your routine, is, is Franny sort of become fully adjusted to that and how does it affect her and her sort of day-to-day kind of life oh she's very much into it when i so i've been for years now both i've done weird shifts really for the past for the whole time i've worked for the bbc which is 21 years i've always done the, the weird shifts so the first like five years way before we had the cat i had um a normal kind of nine to five job but normal nine to five jobs really don't exist in broadcasting. So once I started doing different jobs and more especially when I became a weather forecaster, um, I was moonlighting every every weekend really, you know, I'd be working an early shift or sometimes in the middle of the week, I'd get an early shift. And so the cat was sort of getting used to sometimes seeing me up and about early. And no matter what the time of day is, if it's the middle of the night or if it's dark, and I'm awake, the cat will be like, well, feed me. Mm. You know, she'll be like, even if Aaron has only been gone to bed like a couple of hours, the cat's like, oh, well, you're here now, so give me the food, please. Yeah. So she's with this job now, and Adam, I don't know if it's the same with you, with Ruby as well, when you get up early. Um, I come downstairs. We don't have a cat flap in this house. So there's a lot of letting the cat in and out. And, you know, there's a little bit of litter tray management, which is quite good with that, actually. Um, but yeah, I, I get up, I set all my clothes ready the night before so not to disturb Aaron. The routine is get ready, do the hair, get the clothes on, come downstairs. Then I see Franny and I give her a little bit of love before I give her food because I know the very moment she gets the food, she'll be like, see ya, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> she's like, yeah, that's great, but I'm done with you now. Goodbye. So uh, try and give her a little bit of love and, um, yeah, give her a couple of little treats and then let her out. And then she's happy, you know, she's a happy little cat. If if there's some sort of, like, slight change in the routine, do you notice that? Because with with, with my cats, especially with Ruby, um, because I've had her longer, I've, Eliza's relatively new. She's still in the, in the phase where we're sort of introducing the two cats and that sort of thing. But with Ruby, like, I'll get home, say, like, 7 a.m. or something like that. But if I'm even an hour yeah. later... Or, you know, if I do something after I finish my show or whatever, she'll do a noise, right? So I'll get in. Normally, she'll, if I get in at seven, she'll go, 
and like she'll be like really happy and she'll have the food. But if I get in an hour yeah. later and I open the door, I'm not joking. She'll go, and I'm like, really? Yeah. I was like, right. She's fuming. <laughs> like, and because in other words, it's like I've had to wait for you for my breakfast, and she she proper little little like that. Real. And I know, <laughs> and I know. That obviously, routine's massively important for cats. And Nikki, I mean, is that just in my mind? Have I started to add personality to my cat here, or is that is that sort of um, <laughs> you know? perceivable that, that that's a thing I mean, as you pointed out they really do love routine and cats more than any other species i think they really benefit from that um obviously i'd have to see her and hear the hear her version of the noise <laughs> to, to say a bit more clear but it it is possible that she could be frustrated that she's had a delay on her breakfast because you know it's an important part of the day oh mm. absolutely um so oh and i think we're going to sort of um round this off really by asking you a question what is the best thing about owning a cat oh oh that's such a that's a great question actually because it's a lovely question and i feel like it has so many answers for me the best thing about owning a cat or, or having a cat as part of your family is um just it, it is just part of the family and and franny is you know it, it's like me and aaron and franny you know i feel like that is the unit and I joke about the fact that she hates me and and of course she does prefer Aaron but I just love spending time with her and she's great company and if I'm here on my own if you know or I'm doing something and the cat will come and sort of sit near me in the kitchen and just stare at me I just think what's going through her little head now and I love trying to decode Franny's movements and thoughts even though it's impossible for me to do that really um nikki much easier for you i'm sure but <laughs> i i just i just love spending time with her so for me the best thing about having a cat is just the company they give you and the the personality that all of them have that's so wildly different to one another brilliant what a great way to end part one oh and you're going to be staying with us uh, and next on cats got your tongue we're going to be going through your cat dilemmas in your cat's tales Okay, now it's time for your cat's tales. This is where we get to hear from you with your dilemmas and stories and questions. Basically, anything cat-related, uh, we're here to help you. So I think a good place to start would be from today's guest. Uh, Owain, what's your cat's tale? What have you got for us? Well, the, my cat's tale, my dilemma, I suppose, is Franny is such a great cat all the time. You know, she's she's a lovely little cat to be around and... The one thing that actually breaks my heart is the sound she makes whenever we put her in a cat carrier to take her to the vet or my lovely mother-in-law Dawn looks after her when we're going away or like when we're having work done on the house, that sort of thing. And it's just this, like, honestly, it sounds like she's possessed. So this is a dilemma I have. And I was wondering, should I play it for you to hear? Yeah, yeah, you, you could play it. Okay, here we go. Right, I recorded her earlier in the car, right? Oh. Poor baby. Oh. But, you know, I, was, I always tell her, I try and speak to her, but when she's in that little thing, you, even if you put your hand in and try and stroke her, it's like she, she's not, she doesn't react to you at all. It's almost like she goes into this weird standby mode and she just groans like that. Mm, yeah, no, I, th I think, uh, Nikki, is there any, is there any kind of advice that 
that you could give that makes it easy? Because maybe other people have, have kind of uh, experienced this with their cats. I know my cat really doesn't like going in the carrier, especially going to the vets or whatever. So is there anything that can kind of make it easier for the cat? Yeah, definitely. It's um, one of those things that I think most people would uh, strongly identify with. And it's a real struggle getting cats to the vets. And poor Franny, she sounds so sad. Uh, bless her. I know. So I can understand how you feel when you're trying to drive her to the vet. So uh, it's good. It's a good idea to talk to them and try to try and reassure them. Do your best smooth driving on the way to the vets. Like, yes. <laughs> I'm like my best driver on the way to the vets. I <laughs> <laughs> um, generally make sure that it's like, you know, uh, the radio is either off or like super, super quiet. And um, make, if, particularly in hot weather, you want to make sure that you've got like the air con on, try to keep it as ambient temperature as possible. But before all of that, you really want to put some stuff in place to get, change that association between, you know, the cat basket and travel and going to the vets because they've all got it and they all hate it. Um, so what you can do is put the cat basket just out around the house somewhere and just leave it, uh, make it into a nice uh, inviting bed, Put something over the top so it's a bit more like a cosy den. Put a nice soft blanket inside. Try not to wash that too frequently so it's got the cat scent on it. Um, you can use um, a pheromone product called Fellaway, and that's really useful. And so um, you can get the spray and you just spray it inside the cat carrier. You have to do it 15 minutes before travel because you need the alcohol carrier to evaporate first. Otherwise, the cat will go in and be like, oh, that smells horrible. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so you get the alcohol you know, dispersed first and then it smells great. And it's more reassuring for them. But you can also train a cat to actually um, have a positive association with a cat basket. It takes time. But um, you can get them used to like coming closer to it at their pace and then give them little treats um, or play to sort of make it into more of a positive thing for them. Uh, my cat, thankfully, um, he was socialized to the cat carrier, but not ca uh, car travel. So he he's like, he's this massive cat, but he does it like a, like, even though he's massive, Aww. he does a really... And I'm like, oh, <laughs> so I feel your pain. They do different noises, but they, yeah, they, they're still... I'm really sad by it and then um and then even with the vet practice it's about booking an appointment ideally when it's like maybe quieter or some practices have cat only um, clinics or days when, when it's you know they're not got dogs in for example so there's lots that can be done also making sure the cat carrier is covered with a towel when you travel them as well but make sure they have enough ventilation yeah ah. so there's so many different little tips that that like that that are great i mean I mentioned my cat Ruby, she does not like going to the vets either. And um, I think what's scary is, Nikki, is that sometimes you'll hear your cat make a noise that you've never heard it make before. And yeah. I think that's the, yeah. th that's the thing in it, really. It's kind of like, oh my God, this is so out of character. So yeah, I think some of those tips there are, uh, are definitely, definitely useful. Um, oh yeah, they are. Thank you, Nikki. That's brilliant. And, and also the, especially about the music, because... This morning, uh, I had Whitney Houston on full blast. So Whitney <laughs> was playing. The cat was growling and making that noise. So maybe she's not also not a fan of, you know, an, an 80s power ballad. So maybe that's something one has to consider. <laughs> you know, I'll just try a different playlist. Yeah, um, totally. <laughs> right, we're going to move on to our next cat's tale, which comes from Sophie, who says, uh, Hi, Adam. Uh, I've just got a tattoo of my cat on my arm. Uh, would you ever get a tattoo of your cats? Uh, Owain, have you got a tattoo of Franny? Oh my gosh, I haven't got a tattoo of Franny, but I love that Sophie has just gone for it and decided to get a cat tattoo. Um, I don't know if I would, you know, 
because as much as I, I love Franny to bits, I think there's something, for me, it's just the fact that it's a tattoo that it's just so permanent. And I, of course, I'd always remember Franny and I love her. Um, but I think I'd be a bit nervous about getting a, a tattoo of her. I don't know why. Would mm. you? Do you know what? I've been, I've been toying with the idea. Uh, for, for people always say, I thought you'd have loads of tattoos, Adam. One, I've got a really, really rubbish pain threshold. Like, I'm really, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I really, really struggle with pain. Uh, and two, I'm a bit scared that my mum would tell me off, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> uh, but mainly, I mean, I've never really found something that I'd really be passionate enough about to get tattooed on me. But I think with my cats... I am leaning towards maybe getting a cat's tattooed. I, w- I would, I think I would do it. I re- something really small because in my mind, and I know that obviously, you know, my cats are 10 and five and I I just wouldn't even want to think about them not being around anymore. But mm. I'm like, well, I'd love to have something that's quite permanent that I can always look and be reminded of, of my cats. I don't know. I, I've, I've Honestly, if I was going to get a tattoo, it would be of my cats, put it that way. So I'm coming nice. around to the idea. Uh, Nikki, what about you? Have you got, um, uh, you've not got a, a, a sleeve of, uh, of cat tattoos, have you, by any chance? <laughs> no, I don't have any tattoos. I'm um, needle phobic, so right. it, it's a no from me. But um, in terms of thinking about something more permanent, um, I've gone a different route. So I've actually got um, my cats professionally painted, like it's a beautiful sort of watercolour. It's, I have to admittedly, I still need to get it framed, but the plan is to then put that up and that's the permanent, you know, reminder of the cats. I nearly asked a really stupid question then. I nearly said, how did you get your cat to sit so still for so long? <laughs> From a photograph. <laughs> I was like... Yeah, they're just like, amazing. it's my best pose. Yeah, yeah. And I was there going, we must have gone through a lot of dreamies that day. Um, and then I realised, oh no, photographs exist. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, So let's move on to our next cat's tale. uh, And this one comes from Leanne. Hi, guys. So my cat, Dennis, is uh, causing some problems for me on our street. Um, He goes to my neighbour's back kitchen window, climbs in, wanders through the house and then stands at the front door meowing until they come and open the front door to let him out. Um, suffice to say, they don't love this, and I haven't got a clue what to do about it. Any suggestions? Thank you. <laughs> See, this is why this is why I love cats because they're just so bold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they just don't care. Boundaries? No. What boundaries? Yeah, just go wherever I want. Uh, Nikki, uh, we're going to come to you on this one. <laughs> I mean, what do you do in that situation? You can't really just say stop doing it, can you? Well, I don't know. I feel like shut the window would be a good place to start. Um, but I appreciate in hot weather, that's not popular. So what I would recommend is that you can get these um, screens put in place that allows you to open the window, um, but not let the cat in. But it also doubles up that he doesn't let any of the bugs in either. So, you know, win-win. Um, I think that would make a big difference. I mean, there was that infamous thing one the year, years ago on like, was it like Right Move or something where someone saw their <laughs> next door neighbor's uh, house for sale and their cat was on one of the beds in the next door neighbor's house. Oh, I heard that one too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think, you know what, sometimes when cats want to find a way, they'll find a way. But um, yeah, I yeah. mean... suppose pretty ma- sneaky like that. Yeah, maybe just, you know, just get your, get your neighbor a really good Christmas present. <laughs> Something like to say sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so hard, isn't it? Because the cat does what the cat wants. And Franny, when we lived in Leeds, our lovely neighbor, Joyce... Um, Franny would Franny started becoming friendly with our neighbours David and Joyce and then one day we were like where's the where is the cat like where where does she go 
And then we were speaking to Joyce one day and she said, oh, the cat's um, sleeping on our bedside table. You know, and, and again, just go in, not just go into the house, I like go straight upstairs and be on their bed, on their dressing table, on the bedside table. So they, they don't have that awareness of what belongs to who, don't they, I suppose? Yeah. yeah, they have their own set of boundaries. But cats act a bit like a Goldilocks, don't they? They find the perfect bed that's just right. <laughs> <laughs> they do. You're right. 100%. <laughs> uh, so we're going to move on to our final cat's tale uh, for this week's episode of Cats Got Your Tongue. And it comes from Ailsa. Hi, Adam. Uh, we have got a cat called Mr. Schninkelpoof, and he is a two-year-old ragdoll, and he's a completely perfect prince in every single way except for one tiny thing where he gets on our bed basically every morning between 5 and 6 a.m. and vigorously humps our feet, despite having been neutered as a kitten, uh, maintaining unblinking eye contact as he does it. And if we kick him off, he kind of slithers up our legs onto our kneecaps um, and humps, if anything, more vigorously. I uh, don't know if you've got any advice. Thanks, bye. Um, Nicky? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God, I, I was not expecting that. <laughs> That's my bread and butter, isn't it? This sort of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Admittedly, it's not common, but I have had quite a few of these queries over the years. Um, And um, one thing I wanted to point out is people say a lot and and they're very drawn to the fact of the uh, unblinking eye contact. And I just want to reassure people it's it's, um, it's not as weird as it seems. It's, (laughs) It's not about the person. You know, people take it really personally. The cat was just in the zone. They could have been just looking anywhere. It's not about the person. No, it's not not about them. Um, And then, excuse the graphic explanation. So here's your your language warning now. But um, first and foremost, despite the cat being neutered, uh, because, again, this is common, it is still worth taking the cat to the vets and then asking the vet to check the penis for penile spines. Because if they well, if they've truly neutered, they those will retract. Um, whereas if there was say retained testicle, and that would be then chucking out testosterone and stuff, then the penile spines will be intact, and then from there you could get like say a testosterone blood test. So um, <laughs> a quick look down below to see what's going on would be my where well, it would be where I start with that one. So with the all behavioural things, vet check first, then see a qualified behaviourist, um, for example from the Animal Behaviour and Training Council. And behaviorally, the, the, it could be things like boredom's really common. Um, it can be attention-seeking. <laughs> and it can be frustration as well. Again, if, which sort of ties in a bit with boredom. If they need, you need more stimulation in their life. Oh, I? Not, Anything... not sexual, though. <laughs> Anything to add? <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but for me, the elephant in the room here is penile spine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like... Ah! They... I know it's um, <laughs> they have uh, short but painful cat sex when they do mate. Oh my gosh! I know, so I but, and the, the females really scream. That's the noise you don't want to hear. See, I'd heard this, but I thought that was a myth. No, no, I it's true. It's yeah, it's true. But like, sorry, I know the podcast is not about this, but but I'm intrigued <laughs> now. But why? What's the purpose of? That oh. is an excellent question. It induces ovulation in the female. So their reproductive system is completely different to people. Thank God. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. I mean, oh, well, 
Okay, well, there's an answer to the question, at least. I I can't believe that, you know, a ragdoll called Mr. Snuggle Poo, or whatever he's called, has has, has garnered this response. But here we go. This is what, you know, Cat's Got Your Tongue is all about. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, do you know what? That's our uh, final Cat's Tale for this week. And that's just about it for this episode as well on Cat's Got Your Tongue in association with the charity Cats Protection. I want to say a massive thank you uh, to Owen Wynn Evans. Thank you so much for coming on, mate. Oh, thank you both. Honestly, I've had the best time. So thank you for having me. And thanks as always, Nikki. Thank you. (laughs) And don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And tell your friends who love cats all about us and make sure you share the podcast. Give us a review as well. And if you want to get in touch and share your very own cats tales, you can get us on pod at cats.org.uk. And for more advice and information about the work Cats Protection do, just search for Cats Protection online. We'll see you next time on Cats Got Your Tongue. Goodbye.